For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. And Ike, today's guest, it's really a reunion of sorts. Yeah, I got my guy, Dave Damashek. You know, he just had his last couple of episodes at the NFL Network, DDFP. I don't think too many people know that. Shaq kind of got me over there at the time for the NFL Network. Like, he vouched. He vouched hard for me to get to the NFL Network. But other than that, Shaq and our relationship between me, Shaq, Colleen Wolf, and MJD, uh, it was a connection like, and Bucky Brooks, it was a connection like no other. You know, we had our small, our starting five. That's what I would call our starting five. Shaq kind of showed me without even saying, just be you. You know, the reason why, he had his DDFP show for a long time. Check was just him. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of people who's been in this industry, being an analyst or a broadcaster. The first thing they say is, man, just be you. Like, let the, let the audience capture who you is, you know? That's, without saying it, that's what I caught from, from Sheck. I was just myself. You know, at, at one point in the time, they wanted me to go to a speech pathologist. And I was like, no, like, these people got to hear that New Orleans twain a little bit. Ain't that? Ain't no role saying ain't every blue moon. You know what I'm saying? So I get you want everything blue collared and prepped up when you get on TV. But at the same time, what's, what I thought was go, what was going to sell was me just being myself. And I got that from Shaq. So off of further notice, ladies and gentlemen, we got Dave Jamashek on the show. He's a Pittsburgher. He's a Yenzer. He's a Stiller. He's whatever you want him to be. Anything dealing with the city of Pittsburgh, that's Sheck. He always representing, and he's super firm. <laughs> Thank you. You buried the lead there, Ike. Four one two. You know, I'm wearing that. That's right. You 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 wore the black and gold for twelve years. I've been wearing it for at least forty at this point. Uh, thanks for having me, fellas. And yeah, you said it right, Ike. That's uh, that's the key in in uh, in my dumb opinion is, um, you know, don't try to be anything. That, I stole that, by the way. I, that's not my, that's not my per, uh, special insight to be yourself. To name drop, Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla, before I went on the air for the first time, I said, any tips? What do I do? What's, what's the right thing? And they said, be you. If you try to do anything other than that, you're going to get sideways fast. Do exactly how you talk. And I can't think of a better example out there then Ike Taylor doing exactly that. If you try, you try to jam Ike Taylor and say, do it the way Tony Romo does it or otherwise, I mean, that would, that would never get off the ground. That would last for about 90 seconds doing it that way. And, and when Ike was a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, toiling away there for Coach T, I remember him coming in to the studio. And, uh, you know, by the end of the 45 minutes or so we came out of there, I went straight to the boss and I said, I don't know 
if we want to try to get something figured out with him while he's still a player. But as soon as he retires, you got to sign this guy up because I'm telling you, just like Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley is great, not because he's in the Hall of Fame. It's great because he's a distinct personality. But yeah, Charles Barkley is great because he has a distinct perspective and a distinct way of saying it. That's like Taylor for uh, for pro football. And uh, yeah, you know, that's it. That show was great. That TNT show was great because everybody just being themselves between Kenny Shaq and Charles, like everybody just, if you see them on the street, that's just them. They just now in front of a camera. That's what makes that show. You can't never get rid of that show. You know what I'm saying? And Barkley is not even on social media either. And I think that even speaks higher about his ability as one of the best analysts in all of sports. He's won multiple Emmys. He's not even on social media either. He has no filter. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not trying to make new friends. He's going to say what's on his mind. He's going to speak intelligently about the basketball and what he thinks. He's going to compare the old school with the new school. And he's not apologizing for nothing. That's why everybody loves Charles on TV. Well, and the, and the counter to that is, yeah, Barkley's great. Shaq's great. They both are Hall of Famers. Uh, other Hall of Famers, and not to knock them, but Marino and Montana and Jerry Rice and Emmett Smith didn't last because it doesn't make a difference that they're in the Hall of Fame. It's that they just weren't terribly compelling and probably not talking like themselves. They weren't being their authentic selves when uh, when the camera went on, and that's that's everything. So, yeah, that I, I don't have any special insight into it except it, that, you know, identifying the distinct personality that Ike Taylor was. I remember that, too. I remember when they were talking to Ike about, like, yeah, we got to get Ike to to speak in a different way. I'm like, what are you going to do? And I know that because listen to my dumb voice. Right. I sound like <laughs> a lot of people from Pittsburgh. People like Ike, When I, this is true with Ike. Ike came in, and like I say, that 45 minutes he sat in uh, when I was doing my show and he was still playing, he, uh, a lot like a lot of other Steelers of a certain era, we're like, man, you sound a lot like Myron Cope, the color analyst yep. for the Steelers radio forever. And I think Ike and company meant it as an insult, but I'm like, there's no better compliment you could give this guy who grew up listening to Myron Cope on sports, the creator of the terrible towel and all that. And I used to always say the same thing with same as Ike, this dumb voice too. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to coach me into a C minus? Like, so that I sound a little bit, I sound a little bit more polished. I sound a little bit more articulate. What, what's that going to get you? Nah, you're right. Check future plans. I know you did your last. Was it was it your last episode from yeah. last week on the DDFP? What you got coming up? Well, I'm still doing in the interim. I'm doing Dave's of Thunder with my uh, with my guy David Feeney. Well, that's more foolishness. That's uh, that's two vain guys talking about each other and, and, and who uh, we're basically the only two guys who each other can stand talking to for any length of time. So that's that show. But uh, then I'm doing good sports on the Adam Carolla show most every day there. And then um, I got something coming up that it's not mine to share. So I can't right, right. really, uh, I don't, I don't want to okay. let out, but when uh, right around the time that the good news is NBA is back or will be by the end of July. It looks like the puck's going to drop, maybe baseball, and then not too far beyond that, believe it or not, it sounds like football's going to happen. I haven't heard anything. Ike, you're plugged in better than I am, but I've talked to a lot of people in a lot of different places around the league, and they, and, and they consistently say, 
I don't know if there are going to be fans in the stands for it, but there's going to be football and there's going to be football on those dates that have been laid out there. It's not like, yeah, it might get pushed by a month or two, but fear not. It's like the dates that you see on the calendar, I haven't heard any deviation from the plan to hit those dates. But anyway, the big news is that, like I said on the DDFP, that my takeaway has been over the last 20 years or even before that, I want to work with pals and, uh, you know, opportunities like uh, I had with, uh, with 2-4 there was the highlight for me and, you know, at the NFL. And so I want to keep on getting to work with pals. And so that's, that's the only little sneak preview I can give you is that I'm getting back in league with uh, one of my pals. I love it. I well, love you get, it. You've um, got that and you've got your 50th this week too, Dave. You don't, right? have to throw that in my, you don't have to throw that in my face. The big 5-0. It's that's, that's, worth celebrating. That's necessary. Is it? I don't know. A, half, a think, half century is worth celebrating. I feel that now this takes the, the heat off. Like now I've done everything I need. Like with music as a for instance, I, I think this is the perfect marker. Like I don't need to experience any new music. Like I spent the first half of my life figuring out all the songs, all the albums albums I like now the back half I'm just gonna listen to those don't nobody needs to tell me like oh you got to read this new book now nah, there are enough books you know I, I you got to listen to this new album like no I don't I'm just, I, I got I, I got plenty of albums to listen to I don't need anything new at this point I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rest on my laurels on the back half now Shaq Big Ben is back for the 2020 season Juju obviously hopefully he comes back healthy hopefully James kind of come back healthy we saw what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense did last year. They they showed their butt in a good way. You know, they we we say it down in New Orleans, oh them boys cutting up. Meaning they balling. They having a good time. They're looking like the old Steelers of old defense. What do you expect from Pittsburgh this year, Shaq, now that Big Ben is back? Well, first of all, I'll say this. I feel like I remember Ike talking to you five years or so ago and the, and the roster looked, uh, looked, you know, pretty complete, you know, in, in the free agency era of the NFL, the Steelers roster of maybe like, like I say about a half decade ago with, uh, with uh, 26 and with 84 in the fold and, um, and otherwise it looked like, man, this, this team is as loaded as any team out there. And I, and I remember you kind of raising, raising the red flag a little bit to say, like, I just don't feel the camaraderie that we had. And I get that that's like a lot of, you know, that's an old school kind of way of thinking like, oh, it's not as good these days as we had it kind of thinking. But also it was authentic because you were around, you, you, you won a Super Bowl with Mike Tomlin. So you could see the differences between your gang and the current gang. And I remember you saying like, I don't feel that togetherness and that's their undoing. And you were right about that. And I think because of ironically or otherwise, because of Antonio Brown's departure and the way it all went down and that came on the heels of the way Levy and Bell left, it kind of did unify the locker room. And I think Cam Hayward feels like he had something to do with that. And Joe Hayden had something to do with that. And a bunch of the guys that have been there for a while, all fed into like, we got to come together a little bit. And that defense definitely did, like you say, a year ago. And I mean, I don't know, call me overly optimistic or whatever. 
I feel like if Roethlisberger's right, there's no reason the Steelers can't end playing in a Super Bowl this year. I mean, I, I don't think that's insane. And the thing that's in their way is the Kansas City Chiefs juggernaut. But on this side of Patrick Mahomes and company, who in the AFC is definitely better if Roethlisberger is ready to roll? And obviously that's the major question, but I, I'm not a doctor and neither are the two of you and neither are the millions of other people weighing in on Twitter and otherwise about like, oh, Roethlisberger, they're like, we don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what doctors can fix in an elbow in, in 2020 and neither does anybody else. So if he comes back and he looks like Ben Roethlisberger did two years ago, three years ago, then sure, the Steelers could wind up winning the AFC North and they could wind up, I don't know, playing an arrowhead or otherwise for a trip to the Super Bowl. Several points I want to make about what you just discussed, Dave. Steelers went 8-8 eight and eight last season, 500 record, and the team didn't score more than 27 in a game last year. That's how bad the offense was. And so you've got Big Ben coming back. You've added some weapons on the offensive side. Hopefully that takes care of the offense. The Ravens, they had a historic rushing output last season. More rushing yards than any team in the history of the NFL. There's going to be a regression there. Marshall Yanda, their all-pro right guard retired. Their center is coming off a knee injury. The Kansas City Chiefs, while they're probably a favorite to win the Super Bowl again, there's a reason why the last team to repeat as Super Bowl champions was the New England Patriots, what, some 10, 15 years ago. And so you're exactly right in the sense that there is an opportunity in the AFC and really in the NFL right now. The Steelers can get their offense right. We saw how dominant this defense was a season ago. If they can replicate that effort in 2020, things are looking good for Pittsburgh. Defense is dominant as Pittsburgh was. Yeah, maybe there will be a little bit of regression there. I don't know about that. They got to stay healthy. But the thing that people – ignore about or maybe haven't uh, fully grasped is that defense really took off when they got Minka Fitzpatrick but the most dominant guy they had on the field play in and play out was Stefan Tuitt before he got hurt and and now you're plugging him back in if they can stay healthy and that's a big if but if you keep Cam Hayward and Tuitt on the field together for 16 games I mean think about them at all all three levels that they what they got and in the 21st century it's not about smothering defense so much as like keeping like to use the Steelers like the 1976 Steelers that just completely shut down everybody or you know 1985 Bears or the 2000 Ravens the notion that you're just gonna like take all the air away from the offense and there and there's nothing you're not you're gonna put up about nine points a game those things generally aren't going to happen in the 21st century with all the rules favoring offenses. What you have to do is take the ball away. That's the trick. And now they got with TJ Watt and with Minka and with those guys, that's the difference that they're turning teams over. That's what you saw last year that that's what they got to transfer into 2020. And if they can do that defensively and you got seven there and you know, to your point, I mean, Duck Hodges was a great story. That was a cute thing that was going on there. But, I mean, Duck Hodges isn't an NFL-level quarterback. And, you know, Mason Rudolph was kind of shorthanded. It was handed – what was it? What was he given there once Juju went down? What was anybody supposed to do with that offense? You had a replacement-level running back behind – James Conner was out. Juju was out. I don't think you can indict Mason Rudolph or otherwise for that. 
good health, and that's obviously everything in pro football is are the right guys healthy out there for you. But if they are, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really see what the limitation is for this team this year. And the only thing is I would say is Ike knows this. The, the fault line in the AFC North is Steelers versus Ravens. And like your point is, like, they – the Ravens now stand as – as the bully and, and how do the Steelers match what the Ravens are doing within the division. And it does look like Yonda's departure, notwithstanding does seem like they did uh, the Ravens did a nice job of really loading up on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And so can Pittsburgh match that if they can, I think they can take down the Ravens this year. I, I remain skeptical. I thought a year ago, last August, I said, you watch Lamar Jackson in this offense is going to dominate the NFL. This is going to, what they do in 2019 is going to dominate, and so it did. I also think that with an offseason to study the tape of what they were doing after seeing what the Titans did to them in the divisional round, a lot of defensive coordinators are going to look at that and say, how can we make Lamar Jackson go east-west instead of north-south so quickly? And if they can solve that, I mean, Lamar Jackson is built like Ike. Ike shouldn't be out there playing. I'm almost literally Ike, right? I mean, about you got right, right. the dimensions about yeah. uh, about six one, six two, about two oh five, two ten. He, something he's, like that. he's an inch. He's an inch taller than me. I wouldn't want to be running around out there like that. I mean, like those guys get caught. I mean, Mike Vick would get caught. RG three would get caught. Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, they never got caught. They they somehow had have this intuitive ability to not take a lick. The formula does not say long-term success there. 6'2", beanpole like he is, you know, like, I mean, he's not built to take a lot of hits. And so, I don't know. Can you keep on playing that style of offense for very long in the NFL? I'm skeptical. My thing is, in this year, they kind of talked about it. They're not going to ask Lamar to do as much running. They want to be more balanced. What is this going on his third year starting? Yep. So, this is going on his third year. So, he got over his sophomore year slump, which wasn't a slump wind up being one of the best in the NFL. Now you're going into the third year. So his third year, you know, he just got to get over that hill and win some playoff games, try to get his team to the Super Bowl, hopefully win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, I think he does a good job of sliding. You know, he, he got caught a few times. I remember a few games that the Kansas City game where he got caught a few times, even the Cleveland game. I saw in the Cleveland game when he got caught, I was like, oh, this don't look good. So I think he's going to learn from that perspective. But I look at how Pittsburgh and what they did when, when they played him when he didn't play and they had RG3, you know. RG3 is not Lamar Jackson, but it's the same offense. And Pittsburgh had held the offense in check. Now you get Big Ben back. You get the weapons that he needs. You get a young offense, two offensive linemen. You get two dogs back on defense. You got Devin Bush in the middle, young stud. You got TJ Watt on the outside. And you got Tua and Cam in the inside, hopefully Big Dan. You know I love Big Dan. My nose tackle, he'll play between Mika, Mika in his prime, and even a Joe Hayden. He's playing like he's in his prime, even though he's on the back nine. You got Nelson, he's handling his business. So you pretty much got a dog at every position. I mean, I got a dog on the defensive line. I got a dog at the outside linebacker position. I got a dog at the middle position, inside linebacker position. I got a dog at safety and the dog at corner. That don't usually happen. Because usually you might have one or two dogs on the defense totally. You got a dog at every slot on that defense. 
So, and they're pretty much in a prime. So even though Joe Hayden is not in his prime, like I say, he's playing good, solid football. He's a stealer. We just didn't draft him. That's, that's, that's how I look at Joe. Minka that's a great, a great point. Minka is a stealer, but we didn't draft him. So when you got a lot of guys in their prime in Big Ben, he's getting up older in age and he didn't had a few injuries. And what I said about Big Ben is I, I seen this picture before, man. I think we talked about this last week, Mark. Mm-hmm. Man, I seen they're gonna give Big Ben two tight ends. I remember they had Tooman and Heath Miller. They're gonna give him two running backs, James Condon and company. They're gonna give him some receivers. So now you got a young receiver, Juju, and Deontay receiver, which I'm gonna use when I need to. Now I'm gonna give him a defense. You give him a defense. We're looking at the old Detroit Super Bowl winning Pittsburgh team because you got to understand the older these quarterbacks get, it's going to be a game or two. And I said four. I said seven will have to win four games. Big Ben got to win four games. And Coach Tomlin and Randy, the OC, it's going to be a feeling. And they're going to know, hey, we got to throw this playbook out the window. Ben going to have to win this game for us. But other than that, other than them four, it's going to be on the defense in the running game. That's just what it's going to be. It's going to be in between the numbers. It's going to be Eric Ebron and uh, McDonald. It's going to be in between the numbers. So between Juju and company, the receivers, they're not going to be mad, but they got to understand this is how we're going to win these ball games because the mismatches is going to be in between these numbers, between the tight ends going against these linebackers and these safeties. Now, if I feel like we're playing a bad secondary, receivers, go ahead and strap up y'all Ferrari cleats, and we're going to have a field day. That's how that's going to be. Now, during the wintertime, as it get, get colder, once Halloween comes, get cold. After Halloween, it's cold in Pittsburgh. James Conner and company. Let's get ready. So, with that good defense, what they got, man, they just, they got so much. It's, it's a gumbo pot on that defense. You got all kind of mixes on that defense. You got all kind of mixes. You got you got spices, you got herbs, um, some like seafood, some like that ground beef. You got everything <laughs> on defense, and that's that's what I like about Pittsburgh. They're going back to what, what Ben once was as a rookie. Now he's a super seasoned veteran. We still got to take care of Ben and keep him from getting injured. How we do that? We gonna ask him to hand the ball off more. We gonna ask him to get rid of the ball. That's in between the numbers. We're going to rely on our defense. It's going to be a few games where we're going to need seven. And I don't know when it's going to be, but seven going to know when it's time and when it's his game, and we're just going to throw the playbook out the window. But I do agree with you, Shaq, when Pittsburgh get to the Super Bowl, because even when they played KC, they gave KC hell. And this is a better defense. Well, that's right. And I think that you hit on something specifically. First of all, to go back a second, Pittsburgh eight and eight a year ago with, again, with QBs that, you know, that just were not up to snuff at that point. Let's assume that Roethlisberger is worth two games, three games at least. I mean, like, how much are we sleeping on, wow, Roethlisberger's washed up. Like, is he worth three games versus Duck Hodges was in 2019? I think so. So if they get to 11, the Ravens won, what they win, 13 or they win 14? Whatever they won, they're going to come back to earth a little bit this year because specifically what happens is, Ike knows this better than me, obviously, but 
People start, you always hear copycat league. Well, they're going to be victims of their own success a little bit. It is not going to be so exotic to see teams going with the two tight ends on the field like the Ravens did with great success a year ago. I rem- I mean, you know, three, four years ago, like the Steelers used to love that. They would love going with the 22 personnel when you could go with just A.B., the only receiver on the field and the two tight ends and 26 behind the fullback. And whether they go 12 or 22 per personnel, that's going to wreck in 2020 this year. I mean, that like if you have James Conner back there and you have Deontay Johnson as the lone wide receiver split out, you're going to have to eat, pick your poison with that. You're going to just have to, you're going to, are you going to double Deontay? Cause if you don't, you know, he's going to get you. And if you don't, and if that safety isn't go those safeties somebody's you're not going to try to cover those two tight ends Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron with linebackers are you because that's not going to work out for you it's really going to be pick your poison I think that's exactly right the guys who stand to really eat as you say Ike are, are the tight ends this year and by the way again like I say victims of their success a year ago where was Lamar Jackson making all his hay maybe Hollywood Brown takes it to another level this year and that will be the new wrinkle for the Ravens this year but what you saw last year when Lamar Jackson was successful throwing the ball it was up those seams to the tight ends that's where that's where they were wrecking stuff that's not going to be so distinctive like that defenses this year aren't going to be like what are the how do we stop that they're going to have a whole offseason of study in the tape to take that away from the Ravens so I think as the Steelers elevate a little bit and the Ravens come back to earth a little bit, I think a division title is where it starts. And then we'll, we'll figure out where they rank seedings wise come January. But you know, the North's going to be tough, but so's the West. The Raiders are, are, are not jive. You know, they are not like some, they're going to be good. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mariota ends up taking over just the way Tannehill took over from Mariota a year ago. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens because Mariota to me, if you blur your eyes a little bit in Gruden's offense, that's it's like, is that Rich Gannon circa 2002? Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. I mean, like, if you look at Mariota, it's like, that he plays exactly like Rich Gannon. And I could see John Gruden being like, that's, I could do the exact same stuff I did 15, 20 years ago with that guy. But that, you know, I mean, the Chargers, Ike loves Tyrod. I like Tyrod. But, you know, talk about a complete roster aside from the QB spot, man. Look out for the Chargers and the Broncos are legit too. So the idea that like, well, the Chiefs are definitely going to be the number one seed. Like, I don't know. They got six tough games in their division before you even start looking what other games they have. Those six games that they have in their division, the Chiefs are not going to be easy ones. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NBA won't be back until the end of July, and the NHL and MLB are still sorting through their plans to return to action. But BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. There are Madden and NBA 2K simulations. The UFC is back in full force, and BetOnline.ag has an online casino with poker and blackjack. There are still fun to be had, so go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Now back to the Believe in Steelers podcast and our interview with Dave Damashek. How I look at Pittsburgh offense, 
is how I'm looking at what San Fran did. Smash mouth football. San Fran ran two tights for the majority of the time. They really didn't have a Pro Bowl receiver. They got a Pro Bowl tight end. They got a Pro Bowl fullback. They got a mean, a mean-ass running game. Got a quarterback like seven because seven is up in age. Hey, I, I, need you to win a, I need you to win a game or two for me. You know what I'm saying? And Jimmy Garoppolo. We got a defense. I don't have to bring five people. I'm getting pressure, and I'm smashing your face with four. And I probably got four first-rounders on that defensive line I didn't draft. Hey, y'all, I'm taking the leash off of y'all. <laughs> if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm taking the leash. Same thing with Pittsburgh. To it, could have been a first-round and second-rounder. Cam, first-rounder. TJ, first-rounder. Bud, first-rounder. Devin Bush, first-rounder. Minka Fitzpatrick, first-rounder. Joe Hayden, first-rounder. I, I think Pittsburgh, and Mark, I think you and I talked about this. On defense, Pittsburgh has the most first-round guys in the NFL. So I'm looking at it. I'm looking at now since seven is back, how San Fran won't nothing finesse about San Fran. Hey, man, y'all know our game plan. What's y'all game plan? We're kicking in the dough. So every game, y'all just going to kick it in the dough? Yeah, go on and give this memo out to the league. We're kicking those in. That's how we're getting into the house. We're not knocking. We kick. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if I can get me a strong enough door. No, <laughs> that didn't work. So everybody ain't got a Patrick Mahomes. And honestly, they won that game off from running. Like, like KC won that game from running the ball. And that's exactly what they said. Our game plan was to run. And it's a, and it's a reason why, and well, I'm going to put it to you like this. I don't know why they take fantasy football out the playoffs, but I'm just going to guess. Defenses win playoff games during the playoffs, not offenses whatsoever. If you got a receiver, go don't lock them up, put them up on the shelf, get them out for Christmas. Running games, good offensive line, and good defenses winning the playoffs. And that's what, and basically that's what happened. That's just a recipe, period. I think if I can, if I can, I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I, I feel like the analogy I would make is with baseball pitchers. What works is you can get away with cute stuff, throwing junk pitches. You know, some of those guys that can get away with finesse and painting the black and all that and all those baseball phrases. Those finesse guys, they can do that against mediocre to poor competition in July. You get into the playoffs, there's no lightweight stuff going on in there. You aren't tricking the high-end, super-talented teams. That's why it doesn't People always attribute it to the cold. People always like, oh, it gets cold, so now you have to run the ball. That's too simplistic because a lot of these games are played in domes. And yet you see teams get more basic in their approach come January. Why is that? It's because you're not pulling the wool over the eyes of super talented teams. And it's a cute story when a six-round draft pick from the backup QB from Michigan breaks through. But it's still a pedigree league, and it's still a league built on talent. And the Steelers happen to be loaded in that regard defensively, and that's what makes the difference. And to your point, Ike, smash mouth, beat them up, all that, that kind of stuff, but with some 21st century spice thrown in there, just like Kyle Shanahan, all that, all that jet sweep action and everything else, the league should be a little bit nervous that Matt Canada – who really instituted a lot of that stuff a decade ago at Pitt in the same stadium where he's going to be an assistant now, did a lot of that stuff at Pitt, and 
you should be scared, NFL, that Matt Canada, who worked with the kid they just drafted out of Maryland, the running back, you should fit. Oh, Matt Canada was like, hey, Coach T, hey, uh, Colbert, draft this guy. I know what he can do. In that offense, you're running some of that jet sweep stuff with them. That's the wrinkle that James Conner, yeah, hopefully he get, we can get to a place where he gets 18 to 24 touches a game. But you start adding in some of that speed, maybe Kareth White, maybe Deontay Johnson, maybe Chase Claypool. Some of that speed, that, again, back to pedigree, that's the difference for the Steelers this year. But I agree with your, your overarching point, Ike, that that's the formula if you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Because there's Patrick Mahomes, there's Russell Wilson, and then there's a little bit of it. And Deshaun Watson, too. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping Deshaun Watson. But then after that, there is a second tier of QBs that don't just like – We'll just run, just throw them out there like that. You know, the days of Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, like those guys are either out of the league or they're now playing a different game than they were playing a decade ago. And now it's that you got to approach it a little bit differently. Dave, I want to go back to something you said about circa 2002 and Rich Gannon. In 2002, the NFL configured its divisions the way that they stand right now. So the teams that are in the AFC North, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals. No team has won the division three years in a row, which is what the Ravens are trying to do this season. Why is that important? Yes, past performance doesn't determine what happens in the future, but we can learn from what history has showed us. Yeah, that's right. I mean, those things, I also think the, the other factor in the North that as, as the, my, uh, my formula goes, when everybody on the planet earth says this is the year of blank team to rise up from nowhere and, and be good. That means that they're a year away. Still people always get a little, are a little bit premature with that stuff that, you know, who that team, everybody last year was all in on the Cleveland Browns. I think this year they're going to be good. I, I think I, I know everybody loves to talk about the Cleveland Browns. This is the year. This is the year. I actually happen to think unless Baker Mayfield is a complete bum, that that team should be should should actually be a factor this year. Their defense at minimum should be really good. And and you start looking around those uh, the pieces on the field. I mean, how long are you going to hold down Jarvis Landry and OBJ and Nick Chubb and all the rest of it? I mean, uh, like I say, the only thing that stops that is Baker Mayfield. Ike, we talk about that all the time on how it looks like an AFC Pro Bowl roster. And for whatever reason, they haven't been able to figure it out in Cleveland. Hopefully, they got the coaching Cleveland to figure it out because they got an all man team. You know, if I'm playing Madden on my PlayStation, I'm picking the Cleveland Browns because I know they got a quarterback, they got a running back, they got two tight ends, and they got they got two receivers. I know on defense they got nothing but first-rounders. <laughs> on defense, that's all they got is first-rounders. So I'm picking them on Madden. Now it's up to Cleveland to understand they're a Madden team, so they should, be, they should start playing like a Madden team. You know, you got to play consistently. Like, you off for one team, you got so many Pro Bowls. You know what I'm saying? And we're not even going to talk about the AFC North. The AFC North can be a all-pro team. <laughs> if you just take the guys you want to take out the AFC North, just out the AFC North, just out the AFC North, you got two receivers you can take out the AFC North. Hollywood Brown and OBJ, bam. Who can be my slot? My slot will be Jarvis or Juju, <laughs> bam. Who can, be my, who can be my two tight ends? Oh, uh, I go with Scott McDonald. I go with Njoku or Healthy Njoku because the Healthy Njoku is hell. Okay, well, I'll take one of them, too. Who going to be my quarterback? Well, shit, what offense are we going to run? Uh, 
let's run a jet sweep offense quarterback option. Okay, I got Lamar. Oh, well, I just want to run a traditional, fundamentally sound offense. Okay, let's go with Big Ben. So you got everything you are oh, corners. Who I want for my cornerback? Oh, okay. Let's put your head on one side. Let's abracadabra the other side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, who gonna play safety? Oh, let's go Earl Thomas and Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> well, who, who gonna be my outside linebacker? Um, TJ White or somebody else. Well, who gonna be my inside linebacker? Devin Bush. Like you can go down the line from. Well, there. you know. To your point, first of all, you, you skipped over the guy just because you used to always shut him down was uh, was 18 from Cincinnati who might have a renaissance here um, in uh, in 2020 if Joe Burrow's for real. Um, but, uh, yeah, you mentioned – oh, the you know, I remember sitting with you in Philadelphia on draft night and all the, all the stuff. Remember, we talked to uh, – I remember um, we talked to Trubisky – right after he got picked and we're like Trubisky why did, why did they not take Deshaun Watson we were right about that one I remember talking to you about that the other thing I remember sitting there that night was you're like watch Marlon Humphrey that that's what is endlessly yep. fascinating about the Steelers Ravens rivalry is that they ultimately want the same kind of guys cool. they, they, that they're looking for the same kind of guys and you're like watch Marlon Humphrey that's who Pittsburgh's want, wants to get and when he went off the board you said man that's the guy they should have gotten and I said, but, I mean, if you watch him in big games, he keeps getting whipped by high-end talent. You're like, no, he, they'll figure out what ails him, why he, he got hung out the dry a couple of times in big games at Bama. He's going to be for real. And here we are a few years later. That's a guy who is as good. I, he's one of those guys who I feel like most people wouldn't know his name. But if you watch him play most weeks, like, man, they don't throw his direction very often. Marlon Humphreys is the Joe Dumars of the old Detroit Pistons. Don't nobody talk about him a lot. You talk about John Sally, Isaiah Thomas. You talk about Dennis Rodman. You talk about Bill Lambert. But guess who played longer than all of them? Joe Dumars. So, you know, Humphrey reminded me of that Joe Dumars kind of guy. Like, who was talking about who was talking about Spider Sally when they're talking about the bad boy? Who was talking about? I'm just giving the scenario of shit. I I, I get it. I'm just calling you, you out on the name. Drop. You sell it Name's better. You sell it better if you say Isaiah, Isaiah and you go Lambeer. Those are better ones. But all right, I got I get your larger point. <laughs> okay. Mark, you got anything? Yeah, absolutely. So. Let me wrap up on this, Dave. Just because you're background in Pittsburgh, what's your favorite memory as a Steelers fan? Well, I don't want to get all sappy, but yeah, I mean, you know, going, I, I, what I always think about is uh, walking from, we used to park our cars. We used to park our car. My old man, my two uncles, Uncle Mike and Uncle Scott, me and my older sister, Amy, we would go to all the Steeler games in Three River Stadium growing up. And we would park our car and walk with the masses of people with uh, holding their terrible towels and such, walk into the stadium, January, sitting there. And uh, I'm old. So um, I was at those AFC title games against the Houston Oilers. I remember those. I was a little kid. It was freezing. And we would take the hot chocolate that Mo Damashek would uh, pack in the thermos for us. And we would. it was so cold, we would pour the hot chocolate on our hands to keep ourselves warm. And, uh, and waving Lynn Swan running out to the field and waving the terrible towel. And those are the memories. And then you connect that to Heinz Field and watching being in the stadium against the Baltimore Ravens and that nail biter back in January of whatever that was, 09 and 43 picking off rookie Flacco 
with five, six minutes left and running into the end zone. And that was that moment, that craziness. And then, you know, four, five real minutes later, after that, the defining moment, I think, of the Steelers-Ravens rivalry was uh, 25 Ryan Clark going head-to-head with Willis McGahee. And I the collision, the head-on collision, was the nastiest I've ever seen in a football game. And they both were laying on the field. And I remember thinking, I remember saying, in fact, to my sister, I think he's dead. I think he killed him. Because, like, the way they reacted, the way – I don't remember if you were on the field for that play, Ooh. but I remember – Everybody oh. out there was like, oh, like as soon as it happened, they were like, everybody on the field was like, oh, get out of here. I thought he was dead. I thought he Man, killed do him. You, do you know what I would tell the RC? No. If you don't get up, people in New Orleans are going to be shame of you. <laughs> That's great. Well, I said that I've said the I've said to RC about that. It was like, it was really like people who know their movies, Rocky Two. It was like Balboa Creed too. When they both when they knock and they both fall down and they're both laying there and Balboa barely gets up right before the bell and then they count out Creed and Balboa's the champ. That was that moment for the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Ryan Clark knocked out Willis McGahee and barely got to his feet and went over to the sideline. And to me, that's the defining moment of the best rivalry in the 21st century. Man, you just bringing back memories, man. Like. And I had front row seat on a lot of them, man. Like, people ask me about Troy. I was like, man, I had front row seats. <laughs> I had front row seats with Troy. I had now, front you row were pre- seats with – You were plenty good yourself, too. I don't knock yourself. And, again, pedigree-wise and everything else, the one thing I always say, I don't know how much guff you give, uh, give IT here on the show, and he deserves it for dropping a lot of interceptions. I could have given a him a gold jacket. Could have had a gold jacket. But – the record does show in the big spot in January of 2006, he picked off Jake the Snake and put that game away essentially before the half with that big, with that big INT. And then in uh, the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 40, he picked off Hasselbeck again. He caught it when it mattered. Oh, yeah. Don't forget your, his big hit on Sanchez, too. His big oh, yeah, on Sanchez right. too. Yep. Absolutely rocked Sanchez, and William Gay picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown too. Don't I know. That. I know. I, I just celebrate Willie Gay on that play. That's all. <laughs> I, ca- I caught me a body too. Like the boys was like, "Man, where you gonna catch a body?" I was like, "What you mean? Where you gonna hit somebody and make him retire?" I said, "Man, let me get a Pat White right quick, and let me order a Pat White <laughs> spicy two piece." <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, if you haven't gotten in yet to all the stories about uh, Ike talking stuff to Suggs on the sideline with Ray Lewis laughing along oh. with him, and if you haven't heard the story about uh, Joey Porter after the game talking on the bus and everything else, you got, then, then, you've, then you've just skimmed the surface of, uh, of the glorious Ike Taylor uh, <laughs> diary. You got to dig in there. We certainly appreciate your time this afternoon coming on the Believe in Steelers podcast and reminiscing about all the good times that you and Ike have had together too. Oh, like I say, we barely even got into it. See, we, we, did, like, <laughs> uh, we did like three pros here, and we, and we talked about uh, Pro Football 2020. We want to cut loose and start telling stories. Then that, that, that's the, I mean, this was fun, even more fun. You know what you really got to get into with 24 not just the game of football, but the game of life. He's a great, uh, a great counselor on all the good at giving gifts. He, he's great at uh, gift ideas. So that, that's one thing you got to tap into with him. Put 
on a shirt, though, Ike, for goodness sakes. No. All right, fair. I'm wearing the 412. Appreciate you, Shaq, man. Thanks a lot, man. Always, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to see you, man. You know I love you, man. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Thanks for putting, you know, my name in somebody else's ear for giving me the opportunity. Thanks for being a yenzer. Thanks for being a Stiller fan. Thanks for just being you, dog. Like, I appreciate uh, you just being you, man. You ain't never changed. So, thanks for coming on the show, man. I know you got family to take care of, so I know I didn't held your time long enough, man. I just thank you for coming on the show, Shaq. Anytime, fellas, you know that. Uh, I'm down to kibitz about black and gold-related matters. And, uh, oh, see, there's my little boy. My little Spider-Man handed me my cell phone <laughs> right now. So, I guess that is the sign to go. But yeah, anytime, yeah. anytime you need me, fellas. For Dave Damashek. And Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Take care. It's along, everyone. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.